Welcome to the Louisiana Sugarcane News Podcast, brought to you by the American Sugarcane League. I'm your host, Sam Irwin. Sugarcane, sweet sugarcane, the sweetness of our southern trees. Jim Seymour is the general manager of the American Sugarcane League. The league represents the Louisiana sugar industry on the local, national, and international stage. Jim has been making the rounds at all the field days, updating producers on the latest issues affecting the cane belt. Here's what Jim had to say. Well, from uh, the American Sugar Cane League's perspective, there's always a lot going on. Uh, Sometimes our growers and millers and, and all of our members may not completely know what's happening inside of the league, but let me just start with activities uh, on the national scene. You know, some four years, five years ago, we brought a trade case against Mexico. We were successful in the trade case. Uh, that brought Mexico to the table uh, to negotiate with us with regards to uh, sugar from Mexico. We do need some sugar from Mexico. Um, and it forced Mexico to enter into what we call suspension agreements, which uh, temporarily suspend the trade case in favor of this managed trade uh, with Mexico. So the suspension agreements require that Mexico ship raw sugar into the U.S. at above 23 cents a pound, and that's the value and the price at the mill in Mexico. So you have to add transportation costs to that, uh, which is creating the, the raw sugar prices in the domestic market of somewhere between 25 and 26 cents, maybe a little north of 26 cents a pound. So these suspension agreements are very crucial to us. Uh, every five years, suspension agreements are reviewed <coughs> under what's called a, a sunset agreement, a sunset review. So we review uh, this suspension agreement. It's, the review is undertaken by the Department of Commerce and the International Trade Commission. And uh, we're hopeful that we can go through this sunset review provision, a process, and the suspension agreements will be renewed for another five years. Our trade council in Washington thinks that we should be in pretty good shape with this sunset review process. Uh, It'll take about a year. So it'll start um, the beginning of uh, 2020, run for about a year, and then we're hopeful that the sunset review will ultimately show that without the suspension agreements, Mexico will continue to dump sugar in our market. Uh, And so um, um, the suspension agreements should last for another five years. The hurdle after that next five-year period is a little little, uh, taller to to clear, but we should be okay. Uh, We're looking forward to getting this behind us and having these suspension agreements in place for another five years. Other things going on in Washington... You know, we can always count on our opponents to come up with some kind of anti-sugar amendment. And this year is no different. Uh, Representative Scott Perry from Pennsylvania has proposed some anti-sugar amendments. Um, uh, Representative Perry uh, is from uh, the Northeast, Pennsylvania. When you think of Pennsylvania, you think of Hershey and the sugar users, and those are the folks that are always attacking us trying to find uh, sources of cheaper sugar. Uh, We're certain that we can beat back these anti-sugar amendments. You know, in the Farm Bill, there was anti-sugar stuff that we beat back by two-to-one margins, uh, very strong showing, so we're hopeful we'll prevail there. We're confident we will. Other things happening in Washington, 
Um, some of you may have heard of some issues with the H2A uh, truck driver uh, problems that, that was a potential for Mills. It seems as though we've negotiated through that process, and, and we should be okay. Uh, Mills are getting their approvals in place. We thought this could have been a catastrophic issue for us, but it appears as though uh, our Mills and, and others are no negotiating through this problem without too much uh, uh, undue pressure. Uh, additionally, with regards to H2A, the Department of Labor has placed out a, a, a proposed rule to make some, some changes to the H2A program that we think will be beneficial. Uh, this proposed rule is some 480-plus pages long. We're currently wading through this proposal to try to understand it. There are a couple of things in it that we think they are positive, but this provides us with an opportunity to try to make some tweaks to the H-2A program. Uh, we're going to engage uh, Leon Sequera, a, a renowned attorney on these labor issues, to help us um, uh, comment on this proposed rule. It'll go through a 60-day comment period before the proposed rule uh, is acted on, and, and then it'll become a final rule sometimes after that. With regards to state issues, uh, Senator Allen proposed uh, legislation, right, it's called right to repair legislation, to provide farmers with more access to analytical data and, uh, and diagnostic data on trying to figure out problems with their equipment. Uh, the legislation was never really pushed hard, but it did bring uh, the farm equipment companies to the table and a result of that is a commission that's been formed called the Ag Technology Education Commission. Uh, this commission is, uh, is put in place to try to develop curriculums at the vocational and technical colleges, the community colleges, and the four-year universities to provide for a technical training in agricultural equipment. The League, Louisiana Farm Bureau, Louisiana Cotton and Grain, the loggers, um, are all involved in this commission, and we're hopeful that it's going to provide an opportunity uh, for uh, our industry, farmers and uh, equipment technicians, to better uh, understand and uh, be able to work on farm equipment. We'll be involved in that for a while. Uh, with regards to other state issues, you know, this is an election year. Uh, uh, elections are coming up in the fall. Um, and one of the things that we really want our members to be in tune with is tort reform. In the last legislative session, the League was heavily involved in tort reform activities. Uh, we did a lot of good work, and we pushed this, uh, this tort reform effort uh, to the brink, but unfortunately it stalled in the Senate Judiciary A Committee. So we encouraging, we're encouraging all of our members during this election season, when you're able to be in front of a candidate, Ask them about where they stand on tort reform. You know, Louisiana is listed as one of the five worst judicial hellholes in the country, and and we have got to do something to uh, reform uh, the tort laws to level the playing field and um, make uh, business interest and business uh, opportunity in Louisiana better. Insurance costs are, are outrageous in Louisiana, specifically trucking insurance. And we've got to do something to improve that uh, that area. Other things, you know, research, uh, the most important thing of what we do at the League, uh, we're, we're working diligently on, on all of our research efforts. Um, 
we've just released uh, two new varieties. Folks can can check with the league office with regards to requesting seed cane on these new varieties. Uh, we continue to work with LSU. There are a couple of retirements that, that are going to be occurring at LSU in the Ag Center. Uh, we'll be working with the administration there to make sure that those uh, retirements are filled with good qualified people. There's some excellent candidates that we're aware of. Uh, just to let you know that that the league uh, has a great relationship with LSU and the Ag Center, and we'll work with them to make sure that that quality folks are put in place uh, to replace the retiring Dr. Uh, Rogers Leonard and uh, Dr. Uh, Pat Bollock. Other things, uh, USDA. You know, the USDA facility in Homa was on the closure list for a while. Uh, we are successful in getting uh, that facility off the closure list and not only getting it off the closure list, but getting uh, $500,000 appropriated through Congress to add a new research, a new researcher at the station. So some good work going on there. Myself, Herman Wagesback, uh, Dr. Ed King, who's a consultant with us, uh, has, has helped us uh, significantly with USDA, and we're proud to say that that facility has kind of uh, uh, gotten itself back into good graces with the leadership at USDA, and uh, we're moving forward there, and good things are happening. A couple other things with regards to, to kind of the state of the industry. Um, just a, a little history here. In 2017, in Louisiana, we delivered 411,000 acres of sugarcane to the mills. In 2018, we delivered 430,000 acres, last year's crop. For this year's crop, 2019, we expect to deliver 450,000 acres uh, to the mill. In 2020, we expect to deliver 467,000 acres to the mill. In 2021, 481,000 acres. So those are those are healthy numbers, and that's a sign of a healthy industry. Um, but with that increased acreage, that probably means that we're going to look at longer grinding seasons, especially to the west, uh, western parts of the industry. With longer grinding seasons, you know that increases the potential risk for crop damages due to freeze and any number of issues. So I encourage all of you with the potential of longer harvesting seasons to look at crop insurance to understand uh, how the crop insurance um, provisions might help you manage risk uh, with these longer harvesting seasons. If you have a good crop insurance agent that can explain crop insurance, uh, the crop insurance program to you, then that's fine. But if you have an agent that's simply just collecting a premium and not helping you understand how crop insurance might help you mitigate risk, then you may want to look for a new crop insurance agent. There's some nice uh, provisions that we had changed in the crop insurance policy. It's much better than it was in the past. So I consider you to look at crop insurance, be well advised as to how it may help you, and once you, you're well advised and well informed, then you can make a decision as to whether or not crop insurance is something that, that can help you mitigate, mitigate risk in your farming operations. And finally, let me just talk a little bit about, about our public relations efforts. Back, uh, back in June, the league hired some consultants to help us with our public relations effort and, and kind of messaging. We, we engaged a group to put together a couple of focus groups for us. 
the focus groups uh, were were interesting to view. We had the opportunity to see these this this process uh, in action, and um, one of the things that that was clear in the focus groups was that uh, the viewers of our advertising want more specific information about our industry. You know, heretofore we've used the family farming operations and kind of folksy types of messages playing on people's hearts and and that's fine but but consistently what folks are looking for is more information about our industry um the economic impact of the industry the number of jobs supported by the industry those kinds of things and so we'll be kind of retooling our uh, messaging in some of our advertising to provide uh, the public with more information about the economic impact, the importance of the industry, the number of growers we have, all of those things um, will be forthcoming. And finally, you know, uh, some uh, quite often last year, because of the wet harvesting season, there's a lot of discussion about mud on the road and trafficking and those kinds of things. Uh, burning complaints last year were minimized simply because we it was difficult to burn with such wet field conditions. But with regards to trucking, um, a couple of things that 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 uh, that come to mind. I had a discussion with with some folks uh, recently with regards to trucking, and there was some level of misunderstanding with regards to taxes that we pay. Some folks think that that we have special provisions where we don't pay taxes and those kinds of things. So it, it made me think a little bit um, about our trucking operations. You know, the average. Uh, ton of cane, it requires almost a gallon of diesel fuel to deliver one ton of cane to a mill. We did some work on this a couple of years ago when when uh, fuel tax propositions were, were being pushed, and it takes about three quarters to one gallon of diesel fuel to deliver one ton of cane to a mill. The average truck hauls about 30 tons of cane. So on average, it takes about 30 gallons of fuel to deliver one ton, I mean, excuse, one truckload of cane to a mill. So 30 gallons of fuel, the uh, diesel fuel taxes are about 45 and a half cents a gallon. So you can do a little quick math, and it's somewhere north of $10 in road taxes paid for each load of cane delivered to a mill. And over the course of a harvesting season, we'll deliver five to 600,000 loads of cane to mills. It's based upon tonnage, you know, what, what our crop uh, looks like. So in the average year, Louisiana's sugar industry is paying more than five, six, maybe even upwards of $7 million a year in road taxes. Another thing that we do um, uh, here in the industry is we self-police ourselves. And folks don't understand that if we go over the legal limit, the legal weight of a, tr of a load of cane, that growers forfeit any cane that is over the legal limit. And so we've got to figure out how to create the right messaging to let people know that. We'll be working on, on those such things uh, as we as we move into the harvesting season. So with that, um, certainly appreciate the opportunity to visit with everyone. And should uh, anyone ever need us, make sure you contact the league office, myself, our agronomist, our league staff is always 
ready, willing, and able to, uh, to answer questions uh, that our membership and our stakeholders have. With that, thanks very much. The Louisiana Sugarcane News Podcast is brought to you by the American Sugarcane League. For more information about the Louisiana sugarcane industry, visit lacane.org. I'm your host, Sam Irwin. Thanks for listening. Sugarcane, sweet sugarcane, the sweetness of our sun.